Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island is powered by StreamYard and presented by Anchor.fm. The easiest way to make a podcast. Start yours today at Anchor.fm. BestofOrlando.com. If you're looking for discounted park tickets and hotel deals in Orlando, check out BestofOrlando.com today. And Park Sleep Fly. Park Sleep Fly. It says it in our name what we do. Check out ParkSleepFly.com for more information. Good morning. It is Saturday, October 24th, 2020. Welcome to Sports World Weekly. I'm Matthew Jillis. We were planning to come on air today with the qualifying results from the, from the Formula One GP at the Algarve International Autodroma in Puerto Mayo, Portugal. Unfortunately, what actually occurred is a track limit issue. Uh, so where they have the red and white barriers that go along the limits of the track, along the, the edge lines of the track, there are also drains that are associated to those red and white, what they call turtle barricades, uh, that go alongside the, those uh, track lines. During free practice three, which happened early this morning, Ferrari driver Sebastian Vettel actually hit one of those drains uh, in the turn 14. It came loose, causing a bit of damage to the Ferrari, but then also causing a safety concern from the FIA and the Autodroma uh, staff. So the marshals were spending time uh, this morning after the end of FP3 before qualifying going through. Now there's about 70 kilometers of drain that have to be dealt with. And they've decided that rather than just checking the one sector that had an issue, they wanted to go through and make sure that all 70 kilometers of drain were secure. So that set qualifying back about half an hour from when it should have gone Q1 has completed. They are into the midst of Q2 right now. About six minutes left to go in Q2. Already eliminated in Q1. Kimi Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi, uh, Roman Grosjean, Kevin Magnus, and Nicholas Latifi were in the bottom five. So they will start 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, respectively, as it sits in Q2 right now. Botas is leading uh, at 116.466, his teammate and the championship leader, Lewis Hamilton, about four-tenths of a second behind him at 116.824. There is a drop-off there then to Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez before Carlos Sainz is in fifth. Of course, as I said, uh, there is a potential that some of these times coming in may be hot laps or not uh, as they sit about five minutes left. Uh, in Q2, we will go back to this as we know that it should complete uh, before the end of our show here. And so we will go back to that and get you 
those checkered flag results in advance of the uh, Heineken Grand Premio de Portugal in Formula One tomorrow. This is at the Algarve International Race Course in Porto Mayo, Portugal. This is the first F1 race to be held at this course. This is a course that was built a while ago, uh, completed back in 2008 has never hosted an F1 race before. It has hosted testing sessions during the wintertime for some of the F1 teams. This is the first time that is on the GP circuit. Uh, this is the 12th of what will be 17 races for uh, the F1 series. That race will be tomorrow. Lights out 9, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. And hopefully we will have the qualifying results and the grid set up for you later on in the show with that being said we will go forward and advance on into premier league action and premier league honors even at london stadium between west ham and manchester city 1-1 is the scoreline mikhail antonio notched one for the hammers in the 18th that put them actually ahead 1-0 at that point before Phil Foden pulled the citizens level in the 51st minute. City actually dominated this match. They had 70% of the possession in the match, actually had 14 shots, seven on target, but could only place one to the twine. West Ham, with the draw, remains at uh, 10th place in the table. City remains 11th, though they are both level at eight points with Tottenham and Chelsea who take on Manchester United today. That game is 12.30 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Of course, Chelsea is the club of American super talent Christian Pulisic and Pulisic who hopes to combine with other European-based players like Weston McKinney uh, looking to be the future of the U.S. men's national team. They are trying to desire a change of fortunes as they prepare for World Cup qualification rounds in the coming years. It has been a surprising start to the Premier League, as we saw yesterday even. Leeds United, a 3-0 victory over Aston Villa, and it would be normally that we would say, well, okay, that was maybe an expected situation. Look at the struggles that Aston Villa has had in the past couple of seasons, but Aston Villa currently sits in second place on the table right now, the question begs, and we will see an answer to this as time comes, maybe in the next couple of weeks leading into the holiday break, are teams like Aston Villa and Leeds United who sit at the top of the table right now with a team like Everton, with a team like Tottenham, not that far behind, are they overplaying the level that they truly are as a club or have they turned a corner and changed their fortunes? And will this be a different season where we will not be talking about Aston Villa fighting to stave off relegation? Remember Villa actually survived relegation from the Premier League last year on the final day of the season by needing another club to lose their game for them to be able to stay up. So Villa, who survived barely on the final day of the season last year, is now finding themselves second place on the table. And Leeds United, who was out of the Premier League for 16 seasons, finds themselves in the top three. So definitely a start to the Premier League that no one really ever expected. We are still looking at the board as we are waiting for the 
finish of the Formula One qualifications. There is a minute left to go in Q2 here. Botas still on top of Hamilton Verstappen, still in third, but we are now seeing some hot laps come in as we are looking at most of the field all the way down to Sebastian Vettel in 14th at 117, all separated by just nine tenths of a second from each other. Botas and Hamilton, the only two that are at 116s as we go into the final seconds. So checkered flag has waved in Q2 and it looks to be like the drop-off is going to be Ocon, Stroll, and Kvyat as they have gone through the final sector. Vettel is in sector one. George Russell is in sector two. So there's still a chance that they could put in a hotter lap time. But it looks to be as though we are going to see a Q3 between Botas, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, Sainz, Norris, Gasly, Leclerc, Alban, and Ricardo will be the top 10 that will go forward into Q3. Ocon, Stroll, Kvyat, Russell, and Vettel will get eliminated, barring anything insane that could happen as we are still waiting final lap times to come through. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island, and we will have those Q2 final results for you. Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island, is powered by StreamYard. StreamYard, a live streaming studio right in your browser, the easiest way to create professional live streams. Check out StreamYard.com for more information. And by Anchor.fm. Anchor, it's an all-in-one platform where you can create, distribute, and monetize podcasts from any device 100% free. Everything you need is at Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. And welcome back to the show as we are awaiting the final results on Formula One. Uh, As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the delay that occurred, about a 30-minute delay in qualifying this morning as we were repairing some track issues regarding the drainage system and the drain grates that go along the side of the track after one of them came off early this morning during FP3 and struck the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel. And so that delayed qualifying by about 30 minutes as we are now getting red numbers up on the board. So Botas is in first. He will start off Q3, 116.466. Hamilton in second at 116.824. Verstappen third, 117.038. So hot laps from the two Mercedes cars as they are looking for another front row lockout. It was then Perez and Sainz, followed by Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Charles Leclerc, Alex Albon, and Daniel Ricciardo closing out the top 10. So as we mentioned, it stayed at that as we went to break. So Albon, Ricciardo, Ocon, Stroll, and Kvyat all out along with Russell and Vettel. So Sebastian Vettel will start again 
in 15th as there seems to be issues abound with the Ferraris. Charles Leclerc in 8th, Sebastian Vettel in 14th. So Ferrari continues its 2020 struggles and we will see there will be a break here before we get into Q3. We will give you the Q3 updates as we go on through the course of the show. Let's go forward again and go to Champions League. Shots abound in the first day of group play in the 2020-2021 Champions League. A result expected or unexpected, perhaps, in Group E as Chelsea home at Stamford Bridge got stuck level with Sevilla nil all. Red Bull Leipzig in Group H, as we mentioned, was a side that we wanted to keep an eye on. I mentioned them as potentially being a Group H surprise team to the Manchester United PSG duo that was a part of that group. Well, Red Bull Leipzig pulled out a 2-0 victory over Istanbul Basakir. Also in Group H, Manchester United, as we mentioned, putting forth their desire to be the dominant party. United took down Paris Saint-Germain 2-1. United will now go against Red Bull Leipzig in match two. Other shocking results came from Group B. Shakhtar Donetsk beating La Liga's superpower Real Madrid 3-2 while Borussia Mönchengladbach pulled with Inter Milan level at two all. Match day two in this new formatted Champions League in where the group stage play all happens in the span of about three weeks of time. So there's not this long drawn out process of it going months and months and we're wondering who in the world is you know, going to go and you have domestic club play that happens in between and all sorts of things getting dragged apart. Match day two gets underway Tuesday. Real Madrid has to tussle with Mokelenbach. Manchester United, as I mentioned, takes on Red Bull Leipzig. All eyes, though, will be on this match. Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus taking on Leo Messi and FC Barcelona. That matches Wednesday, 4 p.m. on CBS. This my friends, is probably the match of the Champions League to watch because of the fact that also Juventus and Barcelona are in the group stage. We are going to get this not once. We are going to get this twice. They are going to play this match again. So two times do we get Ronaldo against Messi as we see what they tried to do. Barcelona had no problems with Penevarache knocking off five goals in route to their victory. So we will see if Barcelona might have better fortunes in European play than they are in the domestic league as they have had struggles in La Liga as we saw that happen last week as both Barcelona and Real Madrid lost. There's not too many times in La Liga during the regular season where you mention Barcelona and loss in the same sentence or you mention Real Madrid and loss in the same sentence. So this is something that is going to have to be one to watch as we go on throughout the course of the season. We go stateside to the MLS Major League Soccer heads into its final two weeks of play in advance of the traditional MLS playoffs. Toronto FC and the Philadelphia Union continue to battle each other for the top spot in the league but there continues to be a dispute regarding issuance of the Supporters' Shield. The Supporters' Shield is the trophy that goes to the top team of the regular season upon conclusion before the playoffs. However, 
MLS commissioner Don Garber, along with the board of clubs that issue the trophy, have said it would not be given this year, considering it was a very segmented season that also saw a shutdown of play and a return to the tournament, a return tournament in the bubble setup at Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex. The Supporter Shield has been issued every single year that MLS has completed. Now, we know that this year has been extremely different and difficult for just about every professional sports league because of the pandemic situation regarding COVID-19. However, if every other pro sports league is issuing their trophies as they normally do, it would behoove the MLS to give either Toronto FC or the Philadelphia Union, whoever might finish at the top of the table, the Supporters' Shield as is normally handed out. They are planning to have the regular playoffs as it goes and then the one game MLS Cup championship and award the normal MLS Cup and the Landon Donovan MVP trophy. So why not continue to do things as you normally would and hand out the supporter shield? That is a battle that is still going on. All of the clubs in discussion with the commissioner and the board of clubs, and we will see how that comes across. A look back at the standings here as they are now in to Q3. So 11 minutes left to go as we see who will set times for the starting 10 spots in tomorrow's F1 Algarve GP. And there are only half of the cars on the track right now. Botas, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc have all come out on track and now Alex Albon has joined them. Saints, Norris, Gasly, Ricardo still in the garage as we look for them to come out on to their laps. It is not a race situation. It is just where you must complete at least a lap uh, that will be timed, which means you have not exceeded track limits, therefore getting your time deleted uh, during the Q3 period, of course, many teams will do more than that, and some will also change wing, come in for a tire change, and try to figure out any possible way to get that fast lap. Botas has been setting purple sectors through most of the range. Uh, he is purple now through sector two and sector three. If he can close purple through all three, he would actually set the track lap, which has not been set yet because there has not been an F1 event to be held at the Autodroma in Puerto Mayo. So that is going to be interesting to see as we are going to get some new records for the book this year in Formula One. That being said, we are going to take one more break here and then hopefully on the back end of this should have some more information on where things stand as we continue to follow Formula One's qualifying round, which we expected to be able to have the results for you when we came on air. Coming up, we also have Matt's Moment, a uh, new segment to Sports World Weekly where you get my opinion on a big moment of news in sports and we will get you up to the final buzzer and set you up for everything ahead today tomorrow and this week 
the biggest news stateside as you're watching Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island is powered by StreamYard and presented by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Start yours today at Anchor.fm. BestofOrlando.com. If you're looking for discounted park tickets and hotel deals in Orlando, check out BestofOrlando.com today. And Park Sleep Fly. Park Sleep Fly. It says it in our name what we do. Check out ParkSleepFly.com for more information. A preview there for another show on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island Network, the Tom Gronkowski Show. And I got to say, uh, we might have to rename that the Tom Gron Brown show um, as Antonio Brown signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which reunites him with Tom Brady, who he briefly played with in New England when Brady was in his final season with the Patriots. Antonio Brown is still on a suspension, so he is not eligible as of yet. Uh, if he were to be able to make a debut that is football fitness and fit into the Buccaneers organization, uh, he would be eligible week nine for the Buccaneers. So that would give him about seven games of the regular season before a potential Buccaneers playoff berth. If they were to get there, they currently sit second in, uh, second or first, they might actually be first in the NFC South. They're first or second in the NFC South. They do have one game more to battle against the New Orleans Saints, who's currently sit at three and two. Uh, no slouch of a team whatsoever. Of course, the Buccaneers certainly looked a lot better last week uh, taking on the Green Bay Packers. So we will see, but it will be a very interesting sight. Week nine, as you will have Tom Brady with Antonio Brown on one end, Rob Gronkowski on the other end. You have Mike Evans in the backfield. The Buccaneers certainly look like they are a loaded side, and we will see what uh, what comes up. Uh, there are, on the other football, which is there on our screen, the MLS, as we mentioned about the uh, Supporters' Shield issue, uh, two weeks of games left to go. In the MLS, they will wrap the season up on November 8th. There is a slew of games to be held. Just about every single team in the MLS plays this weekend. So check your local listings for game times and game shows, whether or not it might be your local market team and or a national broadcast game. Plenty of football action. And I mean football because, yes, that's football. You've got to use your feet to play it. Uh, that'll be taking place over the course of the next couple of days. That being said, a new segment that we are starting here on Sports World Weekly. It is called Matt's Moment. Welcome to the very first edition of it. And I wanted to take a moment to just talk about something that is pertinent in sports. And this is a conversation that has come up across the board this week. Just this past week, actually earlier this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, ESPNW, which is part of the ESPN family of networks, hosted its 11th annual Women in Sports Summit. Now, of course, because of everything being COVID-19, the pandemic, 2020, the year that it is, we were not able 
to be all together on the West Coast as we normally are. So instead, everything was virtual, which gave a very unique opportunity to be able to potentially bring in some people that wouldn't have the opportunity to travel all the way out there uh, to California and be a part of the summit uh, as normal. But within all of that brought a very interesting discussion about the prevalence of women's sports in the United States marketplace and how it stands. Of course, there were, the point of this comes off of a conversation that began about a week ago, uh, a little bit more than that. LeBron James, when he won the NBA championship this year with the Los Angeles Lakers, in his 17th season in the league, captured his fourth NBA championship. Now, that's phenomenal. I mean, certainly we don't want to take away from anything that LeBron James has ever done. That certainly is something that should be recognized. Here's where the conversation came into play. LeBron James in winning his fourth NBA championship, his 2020 salary was $37.44 million. His bonus for winning the NBA finals was $370,000. Now, yes, the NBA has a bigger marketplace. They get more fans. They have higher television viewership. They have higher television revenue. They have bigger merchandise sales. Things sell at a higher price point. They have a global outreach. Sure. The Seattle Storm won the WNBA championship. It was their fourth NBA championship, WNBA championship. In the 17 seasons that Sue Bird has played for the Seattle Storm, she has won all four of those WNBA championships. Now, here comes the GOAT conversation. LeBron James has won four NBA championships with three different teams. Remember, he won in Miami with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Udonis Haslam, Lonzo Mourning, a whole cast of characters. He goes and wins one in Cleveland, which he brought a lot of people from Miami with him back to Cleveland and then brought some other people in. Now he goes to Los Angeles. And he wins one again. And he did it by bringing a whole bunch of other people in too. Remember, the Lakers didn't originally have Anthony Davis. They made a trade to get him. So I'm not going to sit here and obviously say that Sue Bird is a better basketball player than LeBron James. That LeBron James isn't one of the greatest players of the NBA. Because that's an argument that you can't really put in play because the games are different. The styles of the games are different. What I am going to say is this. Sue Bird's 2020 salary was $215,000. Her bonus for winning the WNBA championship was $11,356. In 2020, less than LeBron James' bonus 
for winning the NBA Finals. Now, here's where this comes into an interesting situation. Everyone, when we talk about this, wants to impact it by saying, well, but the NBA attendance and merchandise and ticket sales and TV revenue and this and that. Okay. So let's look at the numbers. In 2019, the last WNBA season that we had regular, obviously everything this year was in the bubble in Orlando didn't really match. In 2019, in the last regular WNBA season, the attendance, the average attendance in the WNBA was equal to that of the NBA in 1971-72 when it began. Now, sure, it's a long way to go from where the NBA was in 71-72 to where the NBA is now in 2020. I'm not expecting that all of a sudden we're going to flip a switch and it's going to get there in the WNBA as well. What I'm saying though, if you take a look at average salary of the NBA in 1971-72, and remember, everything costs less back then. TV broadcast rights cost less back then. Merchandise costs less back then. A ticket to get into a game costs less back then. A hot dog at a game costs less back then. The average salary of an NBA player in 1971-72 was $71,000. Adjust for inflation, adjust for price differences, adjust for men's versus women's. Fine, do it. Your average WNBA salary in 2021 should be $500,000. Instead, you have professional athletes like Sue Bird making. 215,000, and that is only because she is Sue Bird. Same would be for a Diana Tarazi. Same would be for a, a Elena Deladon. But I guarantee you, Sabrina Ionescu is not making 215,000 yet. Will Sabrina Ionescu get there? Absolutely. Does she play in a bigger marketplace? Yes. Now, the question becomes, where does the WNBA get the money from? Well, here's something that a lot of people don't seem to understand about the WNBA. Whereas the name moniker comes from, obviously, the NBA, who also began the WNBA 25 years ago. The NBA still owns 50% of the operational finances of the WNBA. 
five of the WNBA franchises are owned by their M- by their NBA counterparts. The rest are owned by sports ownership groups who also have other large properties, arenas, minor league teams, maybe other major league teams in other sports. They're not owned by mom and pop's pizza shop. And this is some little local club that plays at a gymnasium. We are talking about diehard professional sports. We are talking about something that truly grabs and cultivates a landscape. We are talking about something that has a fan base and we are talking about something that gains money. The WNBA quote unquote loses $10 million a year. So said. But then you look at all the money that comes in from Nike, all the money that comes in from sponsors, all the money that comes in from players who have this, that, and the other sort of endorsement. You look at the money that comes in from the NBA. And the bigger number that broke down this whole thing is to where revenue sharing came out. NBA players benefit from 49% of revenue generated by the league into the players. In the WNBA, only 29 to 30%, sometimes for some players even less than that, So how is it that these players are making so much little money? Well, it's because of the league structure. If we want women's sports to succeed, if we want these players to be able to focus on what they do from a United States aspect, it is time that we start looking at women's sports as a major league production and we adjust all of the players' collective bargaining agreements effectively so that they go in line and we don't have to see the exodus that we saw happen in soccer season where we now have Tobin Heath and Kristen Press and Alex Morgan playing over in England, where we have Evelyn Viennes and Kaylee Real playing over in France, where we have players in Sweden, where we have players in Australia. We should be able to see these players stay here in the U.S. We should be able to see all of the WNBA players continue to stay here in the U.S., on Saturday mornings, I am waking up to video clips of Enrique Ngavale overseas playing basketball games. Enrique should be able to have an off-season. And it's time that we start to realize 
if your revenue numbers are coming in the way that the WNBA revenue numbers are coming in, these players, the minimum salary of a player, a rookie player should be what Sue Bird's maximum is. A rookie player in the league should be making 215000 A veteran like Sue Bird should be making 500000 if not more. And there should not be that much of a disparity between $11,000 to Sue Bird for winning the WNBA championship and $300,000 to LeBron James for winning the NBA title. That's Matt's moment for this Saturday, October 24th, 2020. Hopefully you'll tune in next week to see my moment. We are not done yet with our Sports World Weekly show of the day, Checkered Flag. Here it is. We've got the grid in Puerto Mayo for the Formula One GP. Checkered Flag is called, and it is a shock. Lewis Hamilton who did not sit in first place in Q1, was not in first place at Q2, has found P1 in Q3, 116.652 over his teammate Valtteri Bottas, 116.754. Mercedes locks out the front row again as Verstappen finishes two tenths behind Bottas, 116.904. The Ferrari of Charles Leclerc gets into fourth place. 117.090. Checo Perez in the racing point will go off at fifth. Alex Albon in sixth. Carlos Sainz in seventh. Lando Norris dropped all the way to eighth after running P3, P4 through practice sessions. Pierre Gasly in ninth, and then Daniel Ricardo, who did not qualify a lap time. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting situation. He is listed in 10th because he did qualify for Q3, but there is no lap time recorded for them. Uh, so that is either a disqualification of the lap or he had some car issue Of course, because we were not able to see this, we are going to have to dig and find out for you what uh, has gone on. And as I am looking, it looks like Ricardo had issues with the rear wing of his car and was left in the garage. And so an interesting situation there as Daniel Ricardo did not come out for Q3 with a rear wing issue. And so because of not setting that time, he will end up in 10th because he did qualify for Q3. And hopefully they were able to get that rear wing fixed as most of the F1 races go under what's called a Park Ferme rule, which means that on the close of qualifying the garage closes once the cars go through final inspection the garage closes and teams are not allowed to work on the cars until uh it is 
open and pre-race inspections tomorrow. As we mentioned, the Algarve International GP course in Porto Mayo, Portugal, the Heineken Grand Premio de Portugal will be lights out tomorrow, 9, 10 a.m. Eastern. That will be on ESPN. We've still got one segment to go. The final buzzer as we get you set for all the big games of the day. And we also will get you set for some events taking place over the next couple of days. You are watching Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island is powered by StreamYard. StreamYard, a live streaming studio right in your browser. The easiest way to create professional live streams. Check out StreamYard.com for more information. And by Anchor.fm. Anchor, it's an all-in-one platform where you can create, distribute, and monetize podcasts from any device 100% free. Everything you need is at Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. And we welcome you back inside the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island Studios. Matt Jealous with you here each and every Saturday on the Sports World Weekly. And want to take a moment to say good morning to all of our fans stateside in the U.S. and Canada. Good late afternoon to all of our fans in Europe. And a good evening to all of our fans on the Asian marketplace, including those who tuned in to last week's show from Singapore. We hope you are tuned in again this week. We are privileged and pleased to have all of our viewers and listeners from all over the world as part of our Sports World Weekly show and as part of the Sports Fan Base Network Rhode Island family. And if you have not checked out any of the other shows that are a part of the network and or anything else that we do, I please ask you all, check us out, www.sfbnri.com for all of our breaking news stories, special feature coverages, and all of the shows that we have as a part of our network. Final buzzer time here as we get you set for the games ahead. World Series game four today in the MLB bubble in Arlington, Texas. Tampa Bay Rays will look to rebound from a 6-2 loss last night to the LA Dodgers. The Dodgers now have a 2-1 lead in the series. They are looking to capture their first commissioner's trophy since 1988. A win tonight would give them the opportunity to close out the series in game five on Sunday. The NBA has said that they expect to start the next season on December 22nd, but it will be 10 games short of normal as they have projected a 72-game season. So that's 72, not 82. 72-game season and a regular playoff set. All the regular and playoff games would be completed short of the time for the delayed Tokyo Olympic Games which will take place next summer that starts in late June. NHL has canceled two of its marquee events, the Winter Classic and the All-Star Game. Next year's Winter Classic slated to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, January 1st, 2021. That game has been postponed. That will take place most likely to be January 1st, 2022. That game was supposed to be a a match between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues and feature Minnesota's first ever appearance in a Winter Classic game, along with obviously their first ever hosting game. 
the league is still working out details regarding the start of the regular season as well. Uh, they are looking to play a full 82 game schedule and look to start that around the January 1st date originally held by the winter classic game, the all-star game, which was to be January end of January, January 31st in sunrise, Florida, where the Florida Panthers play. That game has now been completely wiped off the schedule. Deputy commissioner Bill Daly has said the league is committed to making sure that Minnesota does host a winter classic, perhaps in 2022, as we mentioned, and that the league will return to Sunrise, Florida very soon for an all-star game for the Florida Panthers franchise. When asked the question about would there be an all-star game in 2022, he said, I'm not sure we have the Winter Olympics to deal with. The game, which normally is held in the last weekend of January, would end up going toe-to-toe with what would be opening ceremonies weekend for the Beijing Winter Games. Remember, we are all offset by a year in this and that we'll have back-to-back Olympiads as we should have had the summer games this year. That was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Big 10 is back in action on the gridiron. Last night, Wisconsin ranked 16th in the country, made easy work of Illinois 45-7 to in what was the first game of the finally 2020 Big Ten season. The Big Ten was, of course, embroiled in controversy after they initially said the season would be postponed, but then fell under intense pressure after the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12 conferences all returned to practices, scheduled a slate of conference-only games, and have been playing for a few weeks now. Most of those teams have completed at least four or five games in their regular seasons, the Big Ten now finally getting underway. They're going to play an abbreviated conference-only schedule. Nebraska takes on Ohio State. Iowa will play Purdue. Penn State goes up against Indiana and Michigan, led by Ocean State's own Pay, a lock to be a first-round pick in the next NFL draft. Michigan has Minnesota. Alabama, Alabama is the only team in the in the top 10 in a ranked battle today. They've got number 14, Tennessee. Number five, Notre Dame, who I don't know what happened. Like if whether or not Louisville just has Notre Dame's number because they seem to play them tight every single year or whether or not Louisville is a better team than they actually look by their record. Louisville gave Notre Dame all sorts of fits last week, but Notre Dame's going to try to rebound. They did win the game. They are four and oh, they are number five in the country. They're going to look to go five and oh today in another ACC battle as they take on the university of Pittsburgh. Remember Notre Dame is playing an ACC-specific schedule this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, because the only way that they were going to be able to play a solid schedule was to end up in a conference setup for this season. Notre Dame football normally plays as an independent. It was an easy position move because Notre Dame plays in the ACC in every other sport except for ice hockey and where they play in the Big Ten. Ice hockey, though, is its own bizarre setup in terms of the way that conferences are laid out. 
and we can easily get into we can do a whole show on how college ice hockey works. It is a uh, it is a very interesting construct. But uh, number five Notre Dame takes on Pittsburgh. That game coming up this afternoon. Top games in the NFL: the five and Steelers undefeated battle against the five and Tennessee Titans. We will see some interesting matchups in that game as Roethlisberger goes up against Ryan Tannehill and this very interesting Tennessee offense that Mike Grable has running down there. John Gruden's clubs battle each other. Obviously, Gruden now the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, previously the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which he did win a Super Bowl with. Gruden's clubs battle the four and two now with the Antonio Brown Buccaneers go up against the upstart three and two Las Vegas Raiders Seahawks versus Cardinals in the Sunday night battle bears versus the Rams is the Monday night game. The new England Patriots who had all sorts of issues last weekend against the Denver Broncos. And this can be said whether or not it was a matter of the Patriots did not practice like did not legitimately practice once during the two weeks that Denver had the ability to practice every single day leading into the game. New England Patriots had all sorts of issues last week. They're going to try to write the battle that has been the 2020 season. They take on the San Francisco 49ers who have been riddled with issues of their own. They were without Jimmy Garoppolo for a moment. They were without George Kittle for a moment. They have been without just about every single player on their normal starting lineup roster for a moment. The Patriots and the, and the Niners, that game, 425 p.m. tomorrow on CBS. What a surprising Saturday morning. Not the way that we expected to start off the morning. A 30-minute delay in qualifying for the Algarve International GP as they had a track issue regarding the uh, grates that protect the drainage system around the perimeters of the track. A grate actually coming off during pre-practice three early this morning, striking the Ferrari car of Sebastian Vettel. We will be interested to learn whether or not that actually affected why Vettel finished the way that he did in qualifying whether they had issues in being able to get fully repaired for that as Vettel went out at the end of Q1 down in 15th place 117.919 uh a full second and a second and a half uh off of the pace so they'll be interesting to see whether or not that was an effect uh and then of course that set everything back the whole line that went through Q1 to Q2 to Q3, where we just got Q3 finished a short time ago. So the F1 GP from Porto Mayo, Portugal, lights out tomorrow, 9.25, a.m. Eastern, excuse me, on ESPN. That's a wrap. For this week's edition of Sports World Weekly for October 24th, 2020, it has been a great first month hosting this show. It is surprising 
that it's been a month already since Sport, Sports World Weekly came on air. I again want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone stateside and in Canada, to all of our fans and viewers, all of our listeners throughout Europe and everyone from the Asia markets who have been tuning in and catching what we are doing. You can catch Sports World Weekly every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. on all of the SFBNRI platforms. Catch us very easily, twitch.tv slash Weekly every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. If you want to follow along with anything that we are doing, check out sfbnri.com. All of our social media channels, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also catch me and everything going on in my mind in sports. Just follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at M-A-T-T-J-O-L-L-E-S. That's at Matt Jolis. And if you've got an opinion, DM me. I might be able to say what it is on the show if it's clean. We will talk about anything that's going to be a part of Matt's moment as we come up through the next couple of weeks. It is a trying time in this country as sports have come back and give us a little bit of relief in our daily lives. Things are not looking good as we are starting to see numbers ticking up all across the board throughout so many states in the United States, and even over in Europe. Please make sure you are doing everything possible to keep yourself and your family safe during this time, especially as we turn the page to November and we turn into the holiday season. Make sure that you have a joyous holiday season with all of your family and with all your friends, but do it with safety and care for each other. It is a difficult time. It has been a difficult time and it's going to continue to be one. We are not turning a corner and we are not out of this yet. I wish everyone health, safety, and happiness as we go through this remaining two months of 2020, turn a page and hopefully have a better 2021. With that being said, as I close every single show, as I have over the last many months, even back to when we were doing And That's the Game on Spotify, listen to the public health officials, stay safe, keep socially distanced from each other, wear a mask, wash your hands, do whatever it takes. If you're not feeling well, get yourself tested, get yourself checked out by a doctor. We will get through this together and we will all be back in a stadium cheering on our favorite teams and our favorite sports not just in the United States, not just in Canada, but all across the world very soon as we look forward to a amazing 2021 of events, hopefully having a Champions League final in May in Turkey, hopefully having a Olympic Games in Tokyo, Japan in June, and hopefully having a full set of events throughout, whether it be from the Open Championships in golf to Wimbledon to the French Open to a full 21 race Formula One season to the IAAF Gold League in track and field and the Tour de France in cycling. I'm looking forward to what might be a great 2021. But until then, we'll continue to get through this and I'll continue to be right here with you all each and every Saturday at 10 a.m. Have a great night. Have a great week. You've been watching Sports World Weekly on the Sportsman Base Network, Rhode Island.